1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. 12-13
0: 12-13 spring training is upon us, Domino and Chavini here at Pool Today Park in Northport. And what would spring training be in the first show of the week of Nick and Chris without the manager of the Braves, Brian Snicker, stopping by? Snick.
2: Always great to see you. How you doing? We're doing great. We're doing great. Good to see you guys. I'm glad you brought some good weather with you. It's warming <laughs> up out there as we speak and um, it's great.
1: Everything's going good. Did you really have like a voluntary-ish type day once you saw the weather yesterday? Yeah. No, it was- was
2: more the pitchers came, so it yeah. you know what they said. We didn't miss a beat yesterday. I mean, we threw inside the batting cage, which is actually the first time we've done that since we've been here. The mounds were great. We didn't have to. The biggest thing right now is the pitching. Uh-huh. It's just and, and not getting behind, and we didn't. And we kind of encouraged the position players who were here to go take the kids to the aquarium or something like that, and and um, just take a day because yeah. all they were going to be able to do is hit in the a cage. A few of them came in. Um, but uh, like I say, it, it was because of the facility we were, and really because of the facility, and we added a turf half field that the infielders got
1: to work this morning, which they wouldn't in years past. So we actually saw them. We saw all the infielders yeah. working on the back turf field. Yeah. Let me ask you this: if this was the same conditions in Orlando, I'm not looking to crap on anybody. Yeah. But if you needed to get that many pitchers there working on a Sunday, what would have happened? Well, you know what?
2: We we did throw in the batting cages there. Okay, I mean, we we do live batting practices and everything. For for that same reason so you can keep your pitching online because you know this time of year it's you know whether they're a little banged up sore weather I mean the last you know because Cranny's got this thing mapped out and and um, you know you just hate to catch up in that regard and we're not going to have to because of the the situation, Bryce Snicker, manager of the Braves
0: with us as we are in North port spring training, uh, clearly underway. We saw Spencer Strider out there earlier at this point in time in the season, to go back to what you said about Rick Kranitz, the pitching coach, he has everything mapped out. What do you hope to see from a guy like Strider?
2: Oh man, it's just, <laughs> I, I, what you just saw out there for, you know, the up down that he did was really good. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I didn't expect anything less from him. I mean, is it fair to the hit? Is it fair to the hitters? Well, <laughs> You know what? I mean, those guys won the head, and you know, credit to them because they didn't have to show up till today. The but they've been here and put themselves in a position to be able to go out there and take live batting practice off Spencer, which that's not an easy ride. No. And and um, and it's good for Spencer too, I think, to face two guys like that, and then he can get a little feedback and stuff he's working on and and everything. So um, it was really good. I thought both the guy, I thought they, you know, they swung the bat pretty well off of him, which they like say just the bats were good. And Spencer, I thought, looked really really good.
0: Does it always um, come to,
2: when you know it's near, spring training, come to you as excitement, butterflies, still, even after all these years? It, it, the drive down here is still one of my favorite things to do over the course of the years that 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 drive to spring training because you are you're excited i mean you sit there and you know you wonder if you got everything packed and you're not really don't know if you're ready to leave but once you get on the interstate like that man it's it's you know it's a really good feeling and then to come to a place like
1: this is just it it really does it gets you all jacked up when you heard about chris sale the acquisition first thing you thought of and then when you talked to him maybe what was added on top of your first thought um
2: first thing i thought of was a man who i love having a left-hander like that in our division um and then when i talked to him it was even better um, even better this just I could just hear the excitement and his voice and and the anticipation of being here was really really good and and just to know how well he threw at the end of the year last year um,
1: and you know it did so it was really exciting to get a guy of that quality um, and put him in the mix I know you don't handle the finances but tell me mentally when Alex says we're gonna give you two years what does that do for a player in your opinion, even a veteran?
2: no, I think it's all I think it's awesome to know that 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 you just kind of that you're settled in i mean it's just there's that distraction or that thought you know we're human, and we're gonna think about that kind of stuff um I'm not the player of that caliber or whatever, but it's things that you know over my time you know it's, it's things that enter your mind and and um I think for him to know that you know he's got two years here. Um, it, it's going to seem like probably a lifetime that, and, and uh, it's just it's it's settling I think to know that you have that. Brian
0: Snicker, Braves manager is here with us on the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM especially before the games begin on Saturday. There's not a lot to talk about day in day out. What are your thoughts on everybody now talking about the World Series or bust attitude?
2: Yeah I know I mean it's just it, it's um, you know these guys are driven I mean and and they're driven to excel and, and um, I, I just uh, you know I, I'm kind of more of a take-today type mm-hmm. thing and win today and and um but you know I think that's it, it's hard to to look at, at like that with the long season and what we're going to go on but um I know because it just tells me the guys feel like we have a really good team they have high expectations for themselves as do I I mean I have high expectations for our club I mean um, we expect to do well we expect to win like I guess that's a big difference than when I first got here when I and I t- I used to say that I used to drive to the ballpark and hope we won and we knew we'd have to do everything and pretty much a perfect game to win and then all of a sudden i remember making that drive one day and it's like you know what i expect to win now and that that's a big difference
1: yeah i i don't i don't really understand it because there's no scenario unless you guys win a world series Whereas a Braves fan i'm gonna say boy but that but that was a great year there's no scenario it's not going seven games in this one five games in that one there's no scenario that would say this was a good year you can win 110 games don't win a world series and i'm sorry as a fan i'm going to say wasn't a good year and you know what we worked really
2: hard to put ourselves in that position because it, like i said when i first got here it, it, there, it, there wasn't any of that kind no. of talk or whatever now i said we've worked really hard to put ourselves in that position and and um and that's fine i'm i'm good with it i
1: want to ask you about chris because that's a guy that's been at the top yep. and he's been the injured guy when you're out of sight out of mind and it burns certain people maybe more than others do you honestly believe there's a mentality of guys in the postseason? Give them the ball; they're going to be better than other guys. Yeah.
2: Okay. Absolutely, I do. I mean, I think there's guys that just can't wait for that stage, mm-hmm. and you see it, and you know, over the years, and and we've had those guys, and and we do have those guys, and and um, you know, it's it's I I think there is there's something to that. And and um, you know something to that with teams and and uh, but as we know you can have all that you can have everything going and and things just may not it's baseball oh. I mean it's still you're playing a series in baseball and we know over the course of seven months it just doesn't always go as planned. We have talked about Jeff Rancour has as well Austin Riley being that guy that's morphing into a leader now. Have you sensed that from him? Absolutely, absolutely. We got a bunch of them in there. You know, the the, him Matt Olson, Max Freed, Ozzy. I mean, there's just um, a lot of guys in that club. Charlie. Come And, you know, there's a lot of these guys that come with instant credibility over what they've accomplished in their career. And, and it's
1: it's a really good place in that room over there. If you want to keep current Braves out, you can keep current Braves out. So I'm going to give you a condition on this. If I asked you your one or two or three favorite guys, they might not have been the best player. They're the guy that you said, I look forward to seeing them at the ballpark. I know in the offseason they're going to do. They entertain you, whatever it might be. Do you have a few guys that you actually would put as – Sort of on that list. You know, one of the guys that that I remember
2: when I had him, even in the minor leagues, I couldn't wait to get to the ballpark to be around Rafael for call. That kid was so energetic and and it was so much fun to be around. He was just I used to and I I always kind of felt like he came to the ballpark and made everybody better just by him being him with that energy and the enthusiasm that he had and how he appreciated every day. Um, and and he was a guy. You know, Mark Limke was one of them guys. I, I I'd get to the ballpark and think I was there early, and Limer would be there, and he'd have his chew, and he'd be throwing the glove in his in his or the ball in his glove, and I'd be almost like, "Where's everybody at?" He, you
1: know, what it was. I used to say this about him. He's the equivalent of what we call a gym rat in basketball. Yeah, he's just the guy that's there. You turn around and boom, he's there. You leave and you go. I think he's still here. Yeah. I got another one then. So if you liked for call, give me a guy or two that you just said what he's. Bobby Cox used to say Edgar Anderia was the easiest name he could write into the lineup. He just knew where he was going to hit, but nobody talked about him. Right. Is there a guy or two that you just go, hey, man, if not for this guy? I think Prado might have been one well, of those guys. I was guys just going to say too.
2: Martin Prado okay. was the next, ma- the next name out of my mouth. I mean, you talk about a ball player's ball player, and I always say that's the biggest compliment I can give a guy is he's a ball player. And that was Martin Prado through and through. And he's the one guy that when you did leave and I would leave and I could hear somebody banging around and there'd be a, you know, the the music box on and the bat cracking and you'd leave and it'd be him. I mean it was just um, he loved to play baseball. Um, and it was just he's just one of the top my top guys also.
0: Brian Snicker is here with us, Brave's manager. The way you described Rafael for call sounds like you can describe Ozzie Albies the same
2: way. Yeah, Ozzy, same way. I, I, I just about Ozzy earlier. I said, you know what, you wanna play the if you play the game the way Ozzy does, you're gonna play it right. And and he is a wonderful, wonderful young man. Just I mean how consistent he is. He comes to the ballpark, he doesn't matter. He you know, he I see him out there in the morning, he's taking grounders, he's doing picks, he's doing this he's doing that and loving every second of it i i that kid loves to play he loves to compete and um he's just a pure joy to be around
1: thoughts on jared kelnick i'm sorry Thoughts on oh, Jerry yeah. Thomas? I'm
2: excited to see he's another one. I'm ex- I can't wait for the games to start just so, you know, we can plug him in and see. I just heard all about all the talent. I was watching him hit today, um, everything that this young kid brings. And, and um, I'm excited for the games to start, to, you know, for the guys that I don't know, to see him and, and, um, and see what we have. Do you so want to f- forget sometimes, guys like Michael Harris, he's so young. He struggled
0: for a while last yep. year. And, and, and we forget. I mean, yeah. he was on the fast track to the majors. And I I guess you just kind of give a guy like that some time to work through it and obviously it pays off.
2: Well I think last year Michael's the, the you know he, he missed some valuable time it, when you miss early um, because everybody's trying to get their toehold when we leave spring training and then he when you miss time like he did and the extent of time that he missed and you come back guys are starting to hit on all cylinders and it's tough to come back when you miss time like that and and I you know what he hung with himself and, and we kept putting him in there it' great. Easy.
1: And then he got her going. And Marcelo Zuna, he credits Marcelo Zuna for coming up to him.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, look at what that guy did. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were I was talking about that um, this morning in my office. It just you know, thinking about where Marcel was in April, and then when he hit that, you know, forty and a hundred, it was just God. I, I felt probably as good as he did. Just um, the fact that he accomplished that. The
1: other part with Michael Harris is I don't know if he had ever experienced anything like that, where I'm not going to play, I'm going to watch, and all of a sudden. You know your numbers aren't your numbers because you just haven't played yet. You yeah. got to make sure that doesn't screw you up. No, I know. I mean, it's a, a there's there's a lot of things. A lot of I would say
2: the the layers that they got to peel off to becoming a major leaguer. And they're going to go through things they never thought possible at this level. And um, you know what? Deter- it you know that determines on the, the the good ones and them going forward and continuing to progress. And guys that maybe get lost in the shovel and all of a
1: sudden you're using them as examples to other guys that you know are coming up. I saw something. Do you want to play? You, you were here in two thousand. 2018. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, you were here in 2018. Do you have any idea what your opening day roster, what your opening day lineup looked like that year?
2: Yeah, there's a couple of them that I've looked at
1: thinking, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Um, Do you know who played third base for you? Uh, opening day roster, uh, who was your third base? Uh, Donis one? Garcia. Flaherty. Fl- uh, who was your <laughs> okay, center fielder? That year. Yeah, who was your center fielder? Wasn't Ender. It was Ender. Okay. Who was your right fielder? Um... Vancouver, no Nick Markakis. <laughs> so 2018. The point is, we ask you. You've been doing this for 41 oh, years, I, and and at one point, at what point does it actually all start to run together? At times, you
2: No, know, it, it has. Believe me. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, there's some of those years I don't want to remember. Although we won the division that year. Yeah, so. I just wanted to look at this. Look at your bench. Yeah, Preston Tucker. and, and
1: Preston Tucker started in left field for yeah, you. And yeah, and then you had Kurt Suzuki, which feels like it was a decade ago.
2: No, I know. I know it, it's um, yeah because we had Zoo. who's who that
1: who is that
2: by the way who's C Stewart that was Chris Stewart he was an extra catcher we we okay we, yeah, yeah all a, right a tall right-handed hitting catcher I'm glad you knew uh, yeah I know I'm, I'm looking at this going I don't remember yeah. who the hell that is let me see well wait, pull it yeah. back up let me look right. at that again
1: well, <laughs> yeah this is your opening day roster and Brad right,
2: Snicker this is your life and I remember <laughs> that I mean what a great job Flaherty did too that year in in filling in and you know Dansby's was just a kid. Um. Yeah, and, and uh, that's impressive. Actually, he had, a br- he had a really good first half for us.
1: But do you remember, you were here in the 90s, and every year into the 2000s, there were real changes oh, in no. the starting game. Well,
2: I told these guys, in that 14-year run, there was no less than 10 new players every year. Every year, that. on a 25-man roster. I, I looked, and I think um, the, the second year, the Blue Jays won it two years in a row, and the second year, I think they had 12 new guys starting that year. After winning a
1: World Series, and if young guys don't understand, it's a dog eat dog world. Oh no,
2: it is. It's it's and, and and I tell these guys too, and I'll tell them in my my thing tomorrow that until you get a baseball card, I mean, this stuff's real out here in spring training. But that baseball card, you got to have one of those before you're going to give a pass. I mean, and, and we're talking about Mark Linsky. He yeah. told me every year, even when he was a World Series hero and everything, he went to camp thinking he had to earn his earn his job that year. It's not a
1: bad way to do it. Either. Well, remember there were sixty rounds of grass. Yeah, then it was forty. Now it's, I think, 20 it's but 20 that, But that still means that somebody right down there, one spot away, is ready to take no, your job if and you let them.
2: We've signed a lot of guys in here with big league time and guys that have, you know, they've played a little bit. And, and it's, it's pretty good, uh, you know, to have that depth also because as we see, we end up mm-hmm. using it all.
0: And the one thing you don't have to worry about a guy fighting for his job, uh, that guy is Ronald LaCuna Jr. And you said it, it's scary. He could still be even better.
2: Oh and no, get better. Absolutely. I said he might be the only guy that's ever gonna surpass <laughs> the records that he sends. That, that's humanly possible to do that. It's crazy. And you look at him now, I mean he's man, he's bouncing around like I remember like he did last year. He's gonna camp early, you know, um, with one to play winter ball. I mean, holy cow. I,
0: I don't he just loves playing
1: baseball, doesn't he? He loves playing He'll play baseball. All year. I said,
2: he doesn't get tired. I mean he didn't he gets sleepy. He doesn't get tired. Right. And <laughs> and um you know and like he that. loves playing
1: baseball. So let me ask this though, because it sounds so ridiculous. I know the injury and the injury is never gonna be a good thing. You never wanna but is there a part of you that thinks the injury maybe got him reinvigorated or more intensely set on being the best player in baseball? I, I
2: think what that does for me is it, it it says it's how fragile this whole thing can be,
1: and, and, you, and you you realize and you realize it as a player, and you okay. appreciate
2: and you appreciate the fact that you're having an opportunity to go out there and play, and it probably does give in it. I'm, again, it gives you a new perspective on things and makes you appreciate every day even more. So I tell these guys all the time, it, it's you know what, you're never
1: guaranteed tomorrow. That's why you just try to suck the life out of today. I uh, sat down with Matt Olson at Braves Fan Fest. His year two, obviously, was phenomenal last year. If I would have given you his numbers and said, by the way, he's not even going to come close to winning an MVP, the good news for you is you actually had the MVP on top of that. Right. But Matt Olson was not really going to sniff an MVP with those numbers. He brought up the fact that Sean Murphy in his second year he thinks Murphy is going to be the guy that has the breakout. Type.
2: I, I'm, I, I'm totally with him, you know, because and especially for a catcher. I know Matt had the added uh, hometown guy being traded for an icon, the whole, all that, and then Murph comes in and has to learn a whole new pitching staff on top of you know, performing, and, you know, and he understood how important that is to us, that game planning, you know, handling the pitchers, the the that, that whole ball of wax right there. And now I think coming in, um, you're going to see a different guy in there. And he had a pretty good, you know, he was a starting yeah. catcher in the National League All-Star game. And so, you know what, I, I think it's a year, even you got a chance of doing that with
1: him too. Is there a chance Darnold falls into that next line of a guy who could manage if he wanted to? I, I totally think that. Yeah.
2: I, I totally think that. And you know what? I was like, if I walked out that door today, I, I, I was I could put him in that seat and not feel bad at all. Why so many pitchers and catchers? Why do they make successful managers? Well, catchers, number one, I think, just because you're just so enthralled in the whole game. I mean, it's just you're engulfed in everything. Um and, and you know what? You probably have played another position. You can do a lot of things. You see all those guys. You watch, and you're already, you know, you've already been a part of probably the hardest position on the on the field to play, and and pitchers too. I mean, you pitchers. A lot of these guys. There's some really sharp pitchers. I've been around to see the whole game. You know, they they know what You know, that good infielder looks like. They know balls that should be caught. They you know, they're the hitters. They're um, some of the best hitting coaches I had in the minor leagues were the pitching coaches. They would throw to them, and they could read swings and things like that and and um so but I, I think those guys are just so in tune with the whole the whole game um and everything that it entails that they do make good as a
0: catcher you almost have to be like a psychologist as I'll well too right? yeah, you have absolutely. to pick everybody's spirits up handle you know, you everybody
2: got- Thirteen individual guys out there, and you got to know what button to push on on each and every. And they're not one all; you.
1: they're not all going to be going great at the same time. They're, they're, it's not going to be a party no, for everybody. And more than
2: likely, it's it's you know what that those hard times are a lot more prevalent yeah. than the good times.
1: I, I know this sounds sort of ridiculous, but I've talked to players who played in the major leagues for ten years, and you you know you leave a ten minute conversation, and you go, I know you played. How many of these did you actually watch? And it's not a knock, but the reality is, that's why I think the catchers. Yeah. There's not a moment where you're not watching a baseball game. Exactly.
2: No, I mean, and let's say the guy, when they're not catching, they're sitting there talking to Sal. You know what I mean? They're talking about pitch selection, this or that. They're talking with the pitchers. I mean, they're so into it with them. Even if they're not in the game, they're talking with it in between innings. So, um, it's a, and we're very, I think we're very fortunate. We're blessed to have probably, I, I wouldn't trade my two guys for anybody in baseball. We have two of the best um, catchers going. Do you
1: know what we got a big kick out of talking to you at FanFest? Um, when we found out about, we knew that you laid pipe, sewer pipe, or didn't you do something? I did, underground? And
2: I, I, I did um, uh, like, uh, oil pipe oil in the, pipe. in the oil yards. I would do that. I'd, I'd go to work in the, you know, five o'clock in the morning and some days wouldn't get back for two days because you'd have a rush job or something on the oil field and you just wouldn't get home. So how did you get that job? I had a, a buddy of mine that lived in Morgan, or lived in Thibodeau, Louisiana. I wintered down there, and he knew somebody that knew somebody, and they offered me a job when I was a minor league player, and so I worked out of Morgan
1: City, Louisiana. Were you ever in better shape than coming off that job? Now, no, you probably beat up a little bit.
2: No, well, yeah, you stunk really bad, yeah. and and um, you know what, you work with people from these literally from labor camps. Is who you work with every day, and um, but you know what the old guy that I that, w- that was the lead on this crew that I was on was an old football coach from Biloxi, Mississippi. They called him Coach, and he was a he was a pistol. I'll tell you that.
1: Well, then we found out you worked for the Pabst Blue Ribbon Company. I, I delivered beer.
2: I delivered beer. My dad was a, a Pabst um, salesman <laughs> and knew the distributor in Decatur, Illinois. They would set up my mom and dad, and I used to deliver beer when I was probably I was I wasn't old enough to be doing. <laughs> Well, my it, but dad had a bar,
0: and I remember the beer truck guys, they would drop off the beer, and they would have a beer. I said, you delivered
2: the beer, and you had a beer. Exactly. And, you know, I, I there's many times I went to American Legion practice, and like
1: <laughs> eyes crossed and everything. <laughs> and then your dad, I don't know if I, listen, I'm a Pabst Blue Ribbon guy, but then he sort of got elevated to brown liquor, did he not?
2: Well, no, he, yeah, and then he was Illinois State Manager for Jim Beam for over 25 years. So my uncles loved my dad.
1: Oh, All yeah, the so time was in, the gra- in the garage. Yeah, in the Everything garage, was in the
2: garage. Back of the garage, yeah.
1: He, he was the ace heart or the ace leagher. Yeah, so, when
0: he needed to get away, it was party time in the garage. Yeah. What exactly
1: other? Right. Uh, so, uh, might as well just finish up with this. What other jobs did you actually have? I, I built houses.
2: Um, and I hated that because I'm scared of heights. And when you had to put that roof on, a lot of those guys had walked those two before walls. I'd drag a ladder on the inside of the thing because there's no way I'd have fell off. You know, you're three stories up. Uh-huh. I couldn't eat lunch that whole week. You know, because I was so nervous.
1: <laughs> so roofing week was not a great yeah, week. for you. No, roofing week, down wasn't on the ground, good. you were yeah, okay. I was okay. on Did the Do you give yourself
0: some time to appreciate everything right now? You talked about the circumstances when you first got the job. Yeah, and where you are now.
2: I know it's it, it's. You know what? I was talking to Terry Pendleton this 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 morning. He came in. And we were kind of catching up, and I was talking about just that thing. I said, I'll sit out there, and there's been a lot a lot, of, a, more than once over the course of the summer. I'll look out and see this and wonder, what the heck am I doing? You know, I, it's where did this come from?
1: Now, I'm not putting your business on Front Street, but there are guys who have this sort of big gated community, and that's the way the game has gone. You don't have to work during the off season. But I used to say this about the Falcons coach, Mike Smith. The one thing I knew about Mike, when he pulled up to his driver every night, he appreciated his life because he was a guy that was he he worked. He was the coffee guy. He yeah. was he was coming from parents who were teachers and he thought he was going to take that road if he couldn't really get an inroad mm-hmm. in the coaching. When you pull up to your driveway and you have a sense of peace, that really is an incredible feeling when you get to an age where you go, I'm probably going to add years to my life. You know, stress at a certain point does not do the body well
2: no and you know what my wife and i talk about all the time i mean we're she's she's always like how did we get here you know we're backstage at the grand Ole opry at the winter meetings and and um (laughs) talking to all these artists and people like back there with all the the country royalty or you know we're and they know who you are yeah no, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, Braves Country. But, yeah, no, I said it, it cuts a big swath, man, and it's real. I keep saying that every year. Base Country, is re- it's a real thing. and uh, So
1: give me another job other than building houses.
2: Well, building houses, delivering beer, working on a pipe yard, um, walking beans, baling hay. What's walking beans mean? You, you walk through the beans with a hook, and you, you cut the weeds out of them. Now, how do you get instructed how to do that or is it just here go work it's kind of like yeah you just kind of grow up and where i grew up you grew up doing that and and you'd you know you put three rows here and three rows on the other side and you were responsible for those three rows and if you look back and there was you know weed still hanging out over there that farmer is probably going to get rid of you and then when you bailed hey you knew <laughs> i'm not bailing for that guy because this hey his bales are too heavy you know stuff like that so you figured all this stuff out hey yeah. listen it's making the a tassel and corn that might have been the worst what is that ever and corn. i don't even know what that means you take the the tassels off of the seed corn and then they cross breed them and then they they get the, a variety of how did you corn. find all these jobs i grew up in they in central illinois my backyard was a field so that was just kind of People were farmers, and, and they worked in Caterpillar Tractor Company and things like that. So it was just kind of you grew up doing that. So what was your
1: first year in a big city?
2: Like, I don't – I'm not trying to – but um, when pro- you know-
1: Well, probably uh-
2: – when I went to school in New Orleans, I mean, that was probably as big a city as I've ever been and in. And what you think of that? that like, did it
1: swallow you up at times? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I, like I said, I, you know, grew up, we had no stoplights, and we had three taverns, and, <laughs> we, you know, one grocery store. And yeah, nobody's walking beans down Bourbon Street. No, they're not walking beans down Three taverns. Street. You
1: know what people in New Orleans say about three taverns? Ha! <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, that's when I went down there. I was like, geez, you, if you can see over the bar, they'd serve you down there. You
0: know, <laughs> you used to be able to drive through. I don't know if you can still do it or not. You get daiquiris. You drive through in the car. They hand it to you, and off you go.
1: No, no. It, yeah, there was a different world there. Yeah. What about big, big city? Like, Were you sort of enthralled by New York? And, and I never, well, I never I, I went even to when went, I went to road.
2: I went to Chicago because okay. my dad grew up there, so my grandparents okay. went to Chicago. Um, I never went to Wrigley Field until I got to the major league as wow. a coach.
1: Um, Had you been to a professional, professional baseball Yeah, game?
2: we they used to take us to my dad and my uncle take us to St. Louis. Okay. We were closer to St. Louis than we
1: were in Chicago. So who was your guy then growing up? I don't know. I well, I
2: grew, I grew up watching WGN, watching the Cubs, and my dad was from Chicago, so I kind of, you know, I was like a big uh, Billy Williams, mm-hmm. Jim Hickman, Ron Sano, Randy Hunley, all those guys. The best team that maybe w- never win anything. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, when I was a sophomore in high school, I hit like Glenn Beckert. When I was a junior, I hit like Glenn <laughs> or uh, Jim Hickman, and then I got to meet those guys is you know i met got to meet jim hickman who's one of the nicest men i've ever met in my life when i was a, a minor league manager and he was roving with the uh reds well, Snit, we always appreciate you coming by and sharing yeah. some
0: memories and looking ahead to this season as well. Looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to yeah. another great no, season. No, so
2: we are too. I mean, we're so excited to be down here and and uh, get this thing rolling again. I think everybody; those guys are like a bunch of high school kids in there right now. They're excited to get going. It seems like the yeah. off
1: season's the right amount of time.
2: It is. It's you're ready to go when it's yeah. over. You're you're ready. It, you've had enough off season. And it's when cliche to say, but
1: here. this is a really good clubhouse, is it not? It's
2: a great clubhouse. It's not even good. It's great. It, it's. Um, I not told guys that come in. I, I was talking to David Fletcher today. I met him for the first time. He mm-hmm. came in. I was like, "You're gonna love that room in there. It's special.
0: Well, it's a special time to be a Braves fan. Braves country, like you said, is real. Snit, always good seeing you. Yeah, Thanks thank for coming Thank you
1: guys. Thanks, Appreciate Steve. you. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM, or download the Fan app.